Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast here on the dnvr broncos podcast thanks for joining us here on a sunday morning and let's just not waste any time here guys obviously the news comes down this morning i believe ian rapport was the first to have it vic fangio out as head coach of the denver broncos mace your instant reaction uh i wasn't surprised and uh part of the reason i wasn't surprised was just kind of owing back to what I what I've mentioned throughout the season that uh, there was a mandate in place as far as making the playoffs. Now that being said, certainly George Payton and Vic Fangio developed a really good relationship, and that was one of the things that made that I think really made this choice tough in the end. But missing the playoffs, not coming close to the playoffs, and end some they're going to be you know three games back of the last playoff spot. They they're not they're not close. They're two and ten in the division in the last couple of years, which is the worst two-year record the Broncos have ever had in AFC West. Just and then and then and that's in the two-year span. And then even the the fan apathy that was growing. There were just all the signs were in place that this was happening. And uh, you know, one thing, one of the rumblings kind of around the the, the press box uh, after the game was that uh, there was a there, there was a lot of frustration and anger over the fourth down call yesterday. Not that it was a factor, but maybe it was kind of, maybe it could have been one of those. All right, that's it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And, 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 and real quick, just uh, what's worse about the fourth down call, the more I think about it, is that it just once again highlighted Fangio's inability for to have his defense make those stops late in games. I think in the end, right. that is the number one most common thread that followed Vic Fangio teams through all three of his seasons. Um, defense was always very good under him, but seemingly could never get that big stop. 
Exactly. And Justin Simmons, he talked about it at length last night. Their four-minute defense failed. It failed against the Raiders. It failed against the Browns. It failed last night. And it allowed a first down and limited the chance of a comeback uh, against Cincinnati. And then you mentioned just hold, not holding on to leads. Vic Fangio's tenure, it started with not being able to hold to hold on to leads late. Jacksonville, of course, remember, and uh, Chicago in his first month on the job. And it ended with not being able to give the offense a chance to have a la- to have a comeback drive. There you go. George Payton guys made the right decision here. And it was a tough one because of how close the bond was between him and Vic Fangio over this past year. A year ago, Vic Fangio was one of the guys that hired George Payton. So for him to turn around in just a year and fire him was not an easy thing to do. That's why George Payton waited till the end of the season. And this past week, we just heard the little things that came out was all about how much George Payton respects Vic Fangio. So he did it the right way. Now, we can argue whether he should have done it two weeks ago, last week, but at least they made this move because what do we talk about time and time and time again? This is an offensive-driven league and a defensive head coach that only cares about the defensive side of the ball, and that's how this team is going to win, just does not cut it. Not just in Vic Fangio. This is not just on Vic Fangio. Vance Joseph, defensive-minded head coach for the past five years, the Broncos have tried to slow down Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, uh, back then Philip Rivers, now Justin Herbert with defense. That does not work. And George Payton opened his eyes, saw that, and said, we need to go a different direction now. There is a chance that George Payton goes with a defensive coordinator, which we're going to talk about going forward in, in this podcast, some names to keep an eye on. But he at least had to move on from a guy that just was not going to really focus on the offensive side of the ball. Now this gives George Payton the ability to hire anyone that's available. Obviously head coaches are off the table in terms of who he can hire, but now he can hire any offensive coordinator he wants or anyone else. And that is absolutely huge. Yeah. For me, the first reaction was relief. Uh, Zach, you know, both you and I, on the pod last night, we're very um, concerned, or yeah, I think that's fair to say, concerned that the Broncos yeah. were going to make the decision uh, to bring back Vic Fangio. And we stated all those reasons why last night. And, and, and the one you know that I kept coming back to was ownership and how there might be a message coming from inside the building that says, hey, let's, let's make sure that we give our next owner an opportunity to be in our next coaching search. And I'm relieved. I'm relieved that that wasn't the case. You know, George Payton is the football guy here. Um, it, it's his job to control this football team and do what's best for them. And he's going to have full autonomy over this decision. Now, it also, you know, could have gone the other way. And I really didn't think about this until after the show last night. But George Payton could have said, hey, if I make this move now, I'm going to have no one watching over my shoulder to, you know, to uh, put their opinion in. This can really be my move. And maybe that was part of it as well. So my first thought was relief. You know, we both repeatedly said last night that it's not what we would do, but it's what we're thinking might happen was them keeping him. And I'm glad that they went with what you, me, you know, Mace, what everyone, uh, or I should say a lot of people in Denver think was the right move. And then my other reaction is, wow, what a waste of all of our time this season was. Um, 
now of course we had fun with it and you know there was development and you see you know you had Javante Williams and Pat Sertan burst onto the scene and some of that stuff is obviously worth a lot but man this whole season from the from the moment they got Teddy Bridgewater on felt like it was a give Vic every opportunity to save his job and, and it kind of reminds me a little bit about what George Payton uh, said, I think it was to Peter King about like, uh, I feel that, you know, I have a duty to John to give Drew Locke an opportunity to win the starting job. And that was one of the reasons why they didn't draft a quarterback. I thought that was a huge L uh, when he said that. And then I think it's a huge L on the part of George Payton that he did all of these things to try to give Vic the best chance to save his job. Uh, and, and what happened? Well, Vic couldn't save his job. And because of that, uh, we it was all just one big waste of time because you know there was no uh, use in starting Teddy Bridgewater. There was no use in in trying to help out Vic in all these ways. And now you're back to square one. Uh, and and the last thing I'll add here is what I put on Twitter. No, no matter what happens, it's all going to come down to the quarterback. Yeah. You get the quarterback right, the next guy looks like a genius. You don't. We'll be sitting right here, boys. Two years from now, uh, uh, on the Sunday or Monday after the last season of the game, doing this again. Yeah, that's a great, great point. And anyway, what you what's, were saying? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, go ahead, Mace. Yeah. Well, no, you were talking about giving Vic what he wanted. Remember, as as Pat Sertan's been a great pick, but that was a pick that Vic, that was, hey, I gave you enough cornerbacks. Remember the soundbite the Broncos yep. put up. And as far as kind of this year, you start wondering. All right. Yes, Justin Fields is struggling in Chicago, but is that something the Broncos should have thought longer about? Should the Broncos have thought longer about the guy that, of course, Zach wanted, and that was Mac Jones, who ended up going number 15? Certainly those would have been directions that would not have resulted in the kind of year that you're talking about. And you'd have a direction at the quarterback position now. You're probably, uh, you, if you're not getting a, an elite veteran, you're probably looking long and hard at the court at the potential round one quarterbacks in this year's class and starting the cycle again. And now George Payton has a full year under his belt. Remember last year kind of made sense for George Payton to go with the safe pick. If you wanted to, to give George Payton the benefit of the doubt, he was only on the job for four months in Denver before the draft came around. Now he does not have that excuse. So that is absolutely something he has to address in a major way, whichever way he goes as a quarterback position, but not only that guys, in reality, this is the third biggest decision that the Broncos will make this season in terms of the future of the team. You also have ownership. That's going to be more important in the long haul than this coaching search. And of course, the quarterback is more important because I don't care who you get. If you don't get a quarterback, you will not have sustained success. Now, a great head coach can overcome poor quarterback play for a year or two. Just look at Doug Peterson, one of the guys that the Broncos will be looking at. He just won a super, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles as his quarterback. But then was he able to have long-term success with that? No, that's the reason why that he is available right now is because he was not able to stay with the Eagles long-term. You know why? Because of the quarterbacks. They had issues there in Philadelphia. So that is without a doubt the most important thing. But you know what? A head coach can help you find that quarterback. And an offensive staff that's capable can help you find that quarterback. So while this will ultimately come down to George Payton, right now he has a huge opportunity to help himself find 
that quarterback position. And that is the biggest thing. That should be George Payton's number one question. Even to guys like Dan Quinn, defensive guys, guys that aren't going to have their foot in the offensive room every single day. That's the number one question. How do we fix this quarterback position? Because you know what? The Denver Broncos are an attractive job because they do have tons of young talent. You don't have to say, how are you going to get the most out of Pat Sertan? Do you think Javante Williams is good? We know the answers to that. It's about the quarterback. It's about the quarterback, but here's the thing. like You, know, you mentioned Doug Peterson with Nick Foles. You can, just, you can start going down the list of, of, of good coaches who didn't have great quarterback play but still had a good season at some point. I mean, Sean McDermott right. goes but to Buffalo. Term. Right, right. But this is why we're talking about Vic Fangio being out. Because not one winning season in three years, look, even with the material at quarterback that was on hand, better coaches could have gotten a playoff season or at least a winning season out of these the, the Broncos the last three years. You think about Sean McDermott getting to a playoff with Tyrod Taylor. You think about Doug Marone, who isn't a candidate, but Doug Marone, not a great coach, got to within one game of the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles and Mike Zimmer, who, according to reports, is coaching his last game today in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer won a division with Teddy Bridgewater and went came within one game of a Super Bowl with Case Keenum, like Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who didn't do well very well here, and Pat Shermer is the offensive coordinator. And that's that's what viable head coaches look like. Vic Fangio had a similar set of cards, and the best he could do was seven and nine. Yep, and I feel like Vic Fangio also <clears throat> dropped the ball on some really big moments um, throughout his tenure here. And, and I really don't think there's <clears throat> any bigger. Like I mentioned, the number one thing that I think doomed him was that four-minute defense, two-minute defense, late in games, needing to get that stop. That was something that was a calling card of the Wade Phillips defenses, and it was a massive weakness of the Vic Fangio defenses. Um, the other thing that I feel like was a big turn in the wrong direction for Vic was hiring Pat Shermer. Um, the entire process of it just feels so off to me looking back in hindsight. Uh, you know, you drafted Drew Locke under Rich Gangarello. He was working under Rich Gangarello. He bring, you bring him in when Rich Gangarello said he was ready. You bring him in, he succeeds. And then you wipe the guy out the door and bring in a guy who we learned very quickly didn't like Drew Locke in the first place. And this isn't to say that Drew Locke was going to be the guy if they played it right. But I think what, what, what we talked about earlier with it being a quarterback position, the head coach position is a quarterback position. You got to get that right. I think he, he the decisions that he made moved the quarterback position in the wrong way for the Broncos. Yeah, and when we talked about it late, Ron, one of the things we said for Vic Fangio to come back is that the Broncos, he, he would turn all control to George Payton to hire an offensive coordinator. He would turn all control uh, over to George Payton to hire a special teams coach. And on top of that, he would probably turn all control to George Payton in terms of game management. Well, what are you what are you doing then? You're you're keeping a defensive coordinator, and we've talked, we've heard every fan come out and say, "Do you think the Broncos can keep Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator?" And we said every time, "No." no. But you know what? It's not 
fun moving on from one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. And right now, he's the most sought-after defensive coordinator in the league. And he may go to the Raiders. He may go to the Chargers. But you can't dictate who's your head coach from being scared and playing like that. And would it be really bad news if Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator within this division? Yes. But you know what's worse is keeping a defensive coordinator as your head coach, even though you just think he's a good defensive coordinator. So at the end of the day, it does stink if Vic Fangio ends up in this division, but it's better if he's a defensive coordinator and you get the right head coach in place. And then that head coach can put together a staff or put together an offensive game plan that can outduel Vic Fangio. And then you finally have that offensive firepower and guys on top of Vic gone. No surprise. Pat Shermer has been officially fired by the Broncos as well. And I agree with you, Ryan. I think that was uh, that that was the start of the end for Vic was when he finally got to hire his offensive coordinator because Rich Gangarello had John Elway written all over it. And Vic just kind of signed off to his boss. Pat Shermer was his call. And that clearly was not the answer. And guys, in the five, in the three seasons with Vic Fangio as head coach, they were a bottom five offense twice and a bottom 10 offense once. So they all three years, they were a bottom 10 offense in the NFL. That will not win in today's NFL. Yeah, and that means they were bottom five offense with Scangarello one year, and they were a bottom five with, with Shermer once, and then bottom 10 uh, this year with Shermer again. I mean, basically... Even though Scangarello was an Elway hire, that's two OCs in three years, and you were over two. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it was a huge miss. And the the weirdest part about Scangarello to me is this: that you brought in a guy with no experience, yeah. and it felt like to me he got better over the season, and then you just you know pushed him out the door. Is the the whole thing didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Hey, real quick, we have a ton of you guys watching. Uh, thank you to everyone who is uh, tuning in right now. We'd love if you hit us with a thumbs up uh, on YouTube. Of course, you can subscribe. Uh, you're you're going to want to subscribe because we're going to be doing these podcasts, of course, every day throughout this coaching search. Whenever there's a new name that comes up, we'll dive into them. Uh, Mace will be doing a deep dive on the on the written side of ddnvr.com. Uh, of course, Zach will have you covered with all the news as well. Um, so this is a great time to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the website, um, and uh, be a part of the DNVR community. Again, thank you all. And also thank you, MSU Denver, who is our presenting sponsor of the show. Needed to make sure I got their name in there as well. Um, but yeah, guys, to me, as we start to look forward to who the Broncos could hire at this position, and we'll talk a lot about it there in the second segment, it, you got to look to the offensive side of the ball. You just have to look to the offensive side of the ball. Back-to-back defensive coaches, um, obviously in the post-Peyton Manning era. And what has that gotten you? In fact, the only season in the post-Peyton Manning era when you had an offensive coach is the only winning record you have in the post-Peyton Manning era. they got to look to offense because the defense has been good and will continue to be good. To me, defense is a lot more about players than the offensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball is a lot more about scheme than the defensive side of the ball. So you can keep the defense very good. I don't know if you're going to be able to keep it, you know, number one, number two scoring defense in the NFL. You hope that you can do that, but you don't necessarily need that. You need, you know, a top 10 defense would be great. And let's get this offense just at the start into the top 15 of the league. 
And that's when you start giving her a chance. We are living in the golden era of offensive football in NFL history. And somehow we here in Broncos country are trapped inside of this bubble where there's the, the offense is stuck in the 1950s and watching everyone, you know, and their mom throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. And the Broncos are over here averaging, you know, less than 20 points a game. The defense has everything they need to be good enough. The defense has enough pieces on it to still be a great defense. Instead of talking top three and top four like they are right now, maybe they drop to top 10. But you know what? You couple that with a top 10 offense, and you are not only a playoff team, but you are very dangerous come the playoffs. And there's pieces on the offensive side of the ball. And again, it all comes back to the quarterback position. But let's just say that they don't get the Aaron Rodgers. They don't get the Russell Wilson. They get a Kirk Cousins. There is plenty of talent around there to thrive. And it's just going to be the head coach or offensive coordinator bringing that all together. This offense should be a top 10 offense with a Kirk Cousins led team and that type of quarterback. I'm talking top 12. I'm talking second tier quarterback. That's not what the Broncos are shooting for. But if they get that, they are a playoff team without a doubt. And so Vic Fangio set the foundation up on the defensive side of the ball and credit to him. And George Payton gave him, gave him all of those resources. This was the number one paid defense in the NFL this year. It's going to drop off next year because you don't have Von Miller on the books anymore. And you're going to be without Kyle Fuller. But still, there are plenty of pieces there. That's why, please do not focus on the defensive side of the ball this higher. Please don't. Yeah, I mean, it really kind of depends what kind of coach they want because like as i'm as i'm putting together a list here all of the assistants like that are on their way up that i'm looking at are offensive coaches and these are guys without head coaching experience but then you if you say okay let's hire somebody with head coaching experience most of the guys on that list most of the retreads as it were are on the defensive side so if you want that experience if you want that experience it's more likely going to be a defensive coach. Although, as we'll get into, there are some, there are a couple of I think very good options on the offensive side who do have head coaching experience and who kind of fit that bill of not having to learn on the job in a way that Vic that Vic Fangio did. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about those options, those candidates here in a second. Um, really quick, I just want to say uh, for those of you who might be new tuning in. Um, as we go through this coaching search, like I just mentioned, we'll be live five days a week talking about this thing and even more if we need an emergency podcast like this one. Um, we will be in studio for most of these shows, which will alleviate some of the technical concerns and technical difficulties we're having here. So don't judge us on this one. This is an uh, emergency pod, but we'll be in, coming to you from the studio uh, for, mo- for almost all the offseason, um, which will be fun. Uh, so those are always slightly better shows, but we had to get it. We had to get uh, started here, boys. We had to get a little emergency pod. So we, we jumped into action as fast as we could. Uh, also want to tell you that studio that I'm talking about sits right above the DNVR bar, which is a place that you can come hang out, watch games. Uh, you can watch our pod if you want, if you come in while we're doing it. Um, it's a great place to come hang out. Uh, Nuggets games, Avs games, Broncos, Rockies, whatever it is. Uh, we'll have the game on. We'll have the sound. And you'll be surrounded by people who are just like you, want to watch the game, want to pay attention, want to have good, you know, uh, good-hearted conversation about these teams. So come hang out at the DNVR bar. Try out our new chicken sandwich, which absolutely slaps. 
I'm sad that my diet does not allow for fried chicken sandwiches, sadly. Uh, I know a lot of people are so pumped today with the Broncos starting a new era under George Payton. And you can make today even better by turning $5 into $200 over a DraftKings Sportsbook. For new customers, if you bet $5 on any NFL team to win today and they win, boom, you get $200 in free bets in your account. And there's no better way to start your account than with that by using the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you do that, you can get in on tonight's game with the, the Chargers and the Raiders. You can use those free bets. You can use those free bets tomorrow night in the College Football National Championship game. And on top of that, DraftKings right now is offering a surprise profit boost for that College National Championship game. They're giving you a chance to either have a 5% boost, 10% boost, 25% boost, or 50% boost. I got mine, and it's a 25% boost. I'm putting that on Alabama to win. You know it. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And you Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer. And, of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, a shout-out to our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary. Of course, you can shop online at lightshade.com and then pick up at a Lightshade location near you in Colorado. Lightshade Dispensary, of course, has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top-shelf flower, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. They offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. They've to the connoisseur of cannabis. And they've got 10 soon to be 11 convenient locations in the Denver metropolitan area. They've got stuff going on right now as well. They've got uh, Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado, which prioritizes quality and consistency. They've got ratios available in one-to-one and high ratio cbd 20 to one they'll have you so like shade will have you covered with the stuff from escape artists always uses the best materials and ingredients to deliver a premium experience they've got 600 800 800 creams which are the highest potency creams available also from escape artists the creams penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort they're non-greasy non-staining and fast absorbing and take effect in 10 minutes or less with benefits that last up to two or three hours let me tell you something guys i actually pulled a muscle in 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 my lower back a few about a week ago and i was feeling it and i used and i used some of the the cb the cbd cream and i'm telling you, and it really made a difference really made me feel better made me feel like awesome. i could keep going so check that out right now if you use the code dnvr you can get 25 percent off each purchase so check out light shade dispensary with 10 locations in the denver area and at lightshade.com and use the code DMVR and get 25% off your purchase. All right, guys, let's talk a little candidates here. Uh, obviously, a lot of names being tossed around early this morning. I guess let's start by just naming off some of the ones uh, that we're hearing, and then we can kind of narrow it down, focus in a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, it, I think it starts with Dan Quinn in terms of names that have popped up the most. Um, and then Doug Peterson. Obviously, the I would say the crown jewel of this coaching class, if you will. Uh, obviously, a guy with a Super Bowl ring on his finger. That is kind of a rarity uh, when it comes to coaching cycles. Um, you've got Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, who, of course, works closely with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you can, you know, uh, parlay that relationship into uh, Aaron Rodgers pushing his way to Denver. Seems hopeful, but... You know, a lot of the 
veteran quarterback talk to Denver is hopeful. Uh, those are three that kind of pop off to me. What other names are you guys hearing this morning? Yeah, I mean, I think you start with, the, with those two. I think uh, Kellen Moore, uh, Dallas offensive coordinator's name, who is going to pop up. Also mentioned earlier, reports are Mike Zimmer coaching his last game in Minnesota. And, yeah, I can see Zach's reaction right there. <laughs> but it would not surprise me at all if Mike Zimmer does get an interview for this for this head coaching job here. Obviously, it didn't work out in the end for Minnesota, but he was there eight years. As I mentioned earlier, came within a, a game of the Super Bowl with Case Keenum and Pat Shermer as offensive coordinator. Won a division title with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, got the only playoff win out of a team uh, led by Kirk Cousins. Uh, but interestingly, for a guy who's on the defensive side, his defense has completely collapsed the last couple of years in Minnesota. And is actually the biggest reason why the Vikings are missing the playoffs yet again is because Zimmer's defense has struggled. But at the same time, what did he learn? We know uh, Mike Zimmer and George Payton uh, are, are pretty close. So I wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets an interview. Yeah, Mace, uh, Mike Zimmer makes too much sense. And uh, here's the hopeful thing. Think about him as the next defensive coordinator. I just don't think Mike Zimmer will get a head coaching job somewhere else because we keep talking about offense, and that's what every team wants. Now, I do expect some defensive guys to be hired here. But, man, like you said, Mace, Mike Zimmer, the Vikings on defense now, 31st in the league, the second worst scoring defense in the NFL. So that makes people say, well, why did, would the Broncos want him as defensive coordinator? Well, George Payton's been around him. George Payton likes him. And that wouldn't be the worst move as long as it's the defensive coordinator. Some other names that maybe he could be coupled with in Denver. Brian Leftwich is a name that has been brought up a little bit. And of course, that would be going with a first time head coach. Uh, of course, Mace's Bucks offensive coordinator. And that's a name that has been really popular for a couple of years now, kind of like George Payton. His name was popular for a couple of years before he finally got hired. So that's a name to keep in mind as well. Uh, and some other guys, uh, you also have Jim Caldwell. If you want to go the experienced route, the offensive route, he's a guy that could come out, uh, did not get a fair shake with the Lions. We saw what he did with the Colts, and that's a guy where if you want to bring stability here, he would absolutely provide that right away. And the other thing with Caldwell is I know ownership is obviously in question, and there are and there are rumblings about could Peyton Manning be involved with an ownership group, and uh, if, you're, if that is a possibility in the, in the course of a transition – Somebody who Peyton knows very well, has played under, respects respects quite deeply, could be somebody who makes sense and crosses off both boxes. Offensive guy, head coaching experience. Exactly. I think, I, honestly, I mean, I, I don't think I, I mean Peterson's a can should be a candidate. I don't think it would end up being him, but I think Jim Caldwell for me kind of is the guy that may may when it comes right down to it, may make the most sense. Wait, so Mace, why why do you cross off Peterson? Is it because the Broncos aren't interested in him, or is it because Doug Peterson, like Ryan said, the crown jewel of this class, will get the top job? Yeah. And I don't think any of us right now believe the Broncos is a top job. That's especially not for an offensive-minded yeah. coach, right? I think that's the reason right there that uh, it's not. Yep. it's it's not the top job. Um. I mean, I agree. Uh, uh, the thing is, though, it's a little it's a little more wide open because the Jaguars, for whatever reason, 
have this loyalty to Trent Balky that appears to be putting a spanner in their work in the works of them trying to hire a head coach because that should be a great job because you know you have Trevor Lawrence on hand and can develop somebody with generational talent. You have an owner with resources, but for some reason seems very loyal to a general manager in Trent Baalke that not a lot of viable coaching candidates want to work with. Yeah. I've got a, um, I've got two more names really quick for you guys. Oh Kellen Moore, a guy that, uh, that we've talked about. And as we've talked about too, his name has really gone down since the Broncos beat Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio beat Kellen Moore, but that's still a very hot name. You, you see what the Cowboys offense did last night. He is getting interviews and going to get interviews. If you want to go young offensive mind, Kellen Moore is certainly going to be in the guys you interview. And the other one, maybe the biggest name and would be the biggest splash Jim Harbaugh. Guys, last week when Jim Harbaugh's name came up, uh, it seemed like this was a complete money grab by Harbaugh to get a big raise with Michigan. I don't know, Ryan. His name hasn't gone away. Now, right now, that's true. But right now, I wouldn't put Harbaugh at the top of the Broncos list, but I'm putting him in there in the NFL list specifically with the Raiders, you may see him do that. You may see the Bears as well. So that is a name that I'm not ready to write off yet. Yeah, and if he goes to the Raiders, you know what that may mean. Vic Fangio, Brady, Fangio. Raiders defensive yep. coordinator, because he and Harbaugh, of course, were a tandem in San Francisco that went to the Super Bowl and came with an eyelash of beating the Joe Flacco, John Harbaugh Ravens back in February of 2013, I think. So that for some might be a, a nightmare scenario seeing uh, the potentially the third place team, in the AFC West having Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio, which then makes it even more important to get this higher right and get the quarterback right. Because you know, if it's a Harbaugh Fangio team with the Raiders, they're going to figure it out pretty quickly. And really you know, quick, when- Mace uh, with, with Vic, he, he put out a pretty classy statement. I was surprised to see uh, him do that through the Broncos, thanking John Owen and Joe Ellis for the opportunity, thanking George Payton for his opportunity this past year, uh, and really best wishes to, to Vic. He was really good with the media for the most part, and I really appreciated him. But saying that, him being very appreciative of the Broncos, I think he'd love an opportunity to go up against the Denver Broncos twice a year. And especially as it stands right now, wouldn't you love to go up against a team that doesn't have a quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the division, regardless of Harbaugh or or not. Um, You know, first of all, he's he's really valuable as a defensive coordinator. Um, And I think both the Raiders or the Chargers, again, regardless of uh, what the Chargers do ahead or at the Raiders do a head coach, I think we'll both be highly interested. Guys, when we're looking at offensive coaches and offensive minds here, one thing that's really valuable to me as the Broncos do not have a quarterback right now is which of these guys have been involved in scouting a quarterback and then developing a quarterback. Because again, we can talk Rodgers and Wilson all day long. But then what? If it doesn't happen, then what? Um, I, I want to know who, who of these guys has experience developing a quarterback and also scouting. I think that's really important. And it's not Kellen Moore. 
and it's not uh, Byron Leftwich, and it's not um, a lot of these guys. But I do look at Doug Peterson as a guy who, say what you will, had Carson Wentz playing at a MVP level before he got injured in the season, that he then had uh, Nick Foles playing at an MVP level in the Super Bowl. Um, and then the other one that we haven't talked about yet is Brian Dable. Um, who... There's actually two names, I think, that qualify. It's not just Dable. It's Greg Roman from Baltimore. And, and yeah, I was going to I yeah. was gonna eventually get around to that as well. Um, Dable is one that we didn't mention at all. And that's something that is attractive about him. Now, his he's, you know, if he comes in here, people are going to complain that they're passing the ball too much. Um, and and that feels like a, a interesting turn. Um, but the other one is Roman. I that, That's really valuable to me. Were you in the room when you identified what you needed in a franchise quarterback, went out and got it, and then brought that guy in and turned him into what you needed? That is a is a process that's more important to me than just calling plays. And I love Greg Roman for that reason in particular because of working with Lamar Jackson, who there were a lot of old fuddy-duddies in the NFL who looked at Lamar Jackson's skill set and said, that's not going to translate. And Greg Roman said, no, it can. We're going to do it piece by piece. We put Lamar out there early. We're going to let him do what we, we know he can do best coming out of college. But then we're going to incrementally add pieces and concepts to it. We're going to build on this over time. And the result is, is a quarterback who here we are sitting in his, the end of his fourth season. He's been MVP. He's won in the playoffs. He's he. It's not going to work out this year, but three playoff years out, out of four for the Ravens. He's the guy. He's the guy because they have brought him along properly. And even though maybe like the raw numbers don't indicate it in a, in a sanction, what you see year by year is Lamar Jackson growing it, growing as a passer, continuing to add concepts, getting more sell in how he goes through through his progressions. And obviously, he had a lot of raw talent, but. Someone like uh, Malik Willis, if you go with the draft route, for example, could be the nice lump of clay that could be molded into something special by Greg Roman. I'm happy you brought up Malik Willis there, Mace. And the reason is because that does make the most sense when you think uh, about those two. But I don't need to see that happen if you go Greg Roman, because what Greg Roman has showed me is that he is capable of doing Joe Flacco offense and Lamar Jackson offense and doing it when it needed to happen in a heartbeat. That is something that shows me he is willing to work with any quarterback and work to their strengths. So it doesn't have to be, uh, if you go Roman, it does not have to be Malik Willis. It can be uh, a Matt Corral or it can be a Kirk Cousins. And I am confident because of what he showed, the ability to go from slow-mo Joe to Lamar Jackson shows me that, man, he has what it takes to adjust. And that is one thing that I love about him. And that's one thing that you may be hard-pressed to find in a lot of other guys and at least be very confident in that. And really, pretty much with these quarterbacks that we're going to dive into plenty of times over the next weeks weeks and months, most of, really with the exception of Carson Strong, whose knees basically prevent him from being mobile in any kind of way, we're talking about Corral, Sam Howell, Des, Desmond Ritter, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, 
all of these guys bring some kind of dynamic threat with their legs. And you're going to want to incorporate that into what you build offensively, especially early, because the thing that can do is it makes it allow them to see maybe some simpler coverages if teams have to account for a viable run threat when they're out there early in their career, which gives a nice little buffer zone as they develop as pro passers. Yeah, and I was going to say that too. You know, uh, Roman keeps getting paired with Willis, yeah. um, just but it because could be he's Corral. right. Exactly, he's the closest thing to Lamar out of the quarterbacks, obviously. Um, but I mean, it could be any. It could be Sam Howell. You know, Sam Howell made himself into a real ru- uh, running threat. It he's got to learn to run away from contact, though. That's the yeah, thing for he, sure. He's so he, look. He's he's a ballsy quarterback, right? Yep. But he'll take hits, and he's got to learn to to get down and get to the sideline. He doesn't have to fight for that extra yard. You're going to have to kind of coach a little bit of that persistent instinct out of him because if he can't, he's just not going to last. He's going to get killed. Desmond Ritter, another one who, you know, um, can make plays with his feet. So any of those guys would be interesting. Um, Guys, the biggest name that I think we've talked about the least here uh, is Dan Quinn. Um, and this is one that, you know, obviously he has a good relationship with George Payton. So we have to take it very, very seriously as a name in this search. Um, and let me, I guess, try to make the case for why it's different uh, than Vic Fangio. Um, first of all, age. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn is 51 years old. Um, so, you know, in terms of the head coaching age, he's probably right there in the middle. And I think because of that, not solely because of that, but part of part of that is that he connects really, really well with his players. And that was something that Vic, you know, he tried a little bit early on. I felt like he was like trying to figure out what he was like as a head coach. And I remember he went up to Boulder for a CU basketball game with Philip Lindsay. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's making an effort. That kind of went away pretty quick. Um, it never felt like he connected well with players. Um, he is one of those coaches who is such a film room grinder um, that he's not exactly, you know, a let's go out and get beers uh, type of coach. And there are coaches like that in the NFL who go out with their staffs, get beers, hang out on Friday afternoons. You know, um, I- I've heard there's some legendary barbecues at Kyle Shanahan's house. There's stuff like that out there. Um, and Vic wasn't like that. Where That's where Dan Quinn would be a lot, a lot different. You hear these guys really love playing for him. Um, so that's something that you, br- that you bring into account. And then here's the other thing is if you're going to hire defense, I could potentially be brought along and, and warmed up to the idea so long as that coach wants to have an innovative offense. And I think Dan Quinn coming from Dallas where he was working alongside Kellen Moore would inspire him to say, okay, well, yeah, we need to go young offensive coordinator with fresh ideas. Let's, let's open it up. Let's get creative. Let's scheme guys open. And I think Dan Quinn would be the type of guy to, to not go for some retread old uh, offensive coordinator and try to be a little bit more innovative on that side of the ball. So look, I don't want to go defense. I certainly don't. Uh, but that would be the case for it. And again, I think Broncos fans need to be very um, 
aware of this as a strong possibility. Of course, there was a report a couple years ago that George Payton was potentially going to be a package deal or they were going to pair up and join forces with Dan Quinn. I don't want to be uh, to go defense either, but right now I think Dan Quinn is the front runner in this. So we have to take his name very seriously. And the difference between him and Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio, you were high. John always said it. You were hiring to keep the defense great. Of course, Vic Fangio was going to keep defensive play calling. Now, he didn't stay up in the booth, which maybe hurt his defense the first couple of years, but you were hiring a defensive guy to keep the defense great. Dan Quinn, you are hiring a head coach, a CEO. He would have more of a footprint on the offense, and he's had success hiring offensive coordinators in the past. Man, if only Kyle Shanahan was available to be hired as the Broncos offensive coordinator, you'd feel pretty good about that. But you would also feel pretty good for a defensive guy hiring the offense you would put more trust in him than you would with Vic Fangio, than you would with other defensive guys. And Dan Quinn has had success. What I hope doesn't come with Dan Quinn is Matt Ryan. And you hope that he's able to kind of take a step away from him uh, because he does have that experience with him. But Dan Quinn is viewed so, so well around the league by every step of the organization. And Ryan said it by players as well. The way he connects with players and the, the way he leads an organization is very impressive. And so that you're going more of the CEO route, which when it works, it's fantastic. Now, I don't want to forget that that's what Vic here. Yes, he was the defensive guy, but he wasn't the defensive guy that Vic Fangio was where uh, that's the sole reason they brought him. Remember Vance was a leader of men, as we were told Vance was the CEO type. So, just because you get the CEO type doesn't mean it's going to work out. But Dan Quinn is a very, very serious candidate, guys. He, he is. And if and if he does become the head coach, it's possible he kind of reaches back into the Kyle Shanahan well in terms of finding an offensive play caller because, of course, you know, the 49ers have an OC in Mike McDaniel, but he doesn't have play calling responsibility. He has a title, but not the responsibility. And he was on that Falcon staff as an offensive uh, assistant under – Kyle Shanahan back in 2015 and 16. And of course, he's a local guy, grew, grew up in the Denver area, actually was an intern for the Broncos uh, many, many years ago. So maybe that's the kind, that's the kind of setup that uh, Dan Quinn could be looking at if he gets the head coaching job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I'm warming up a little bit to Dan Quinn. If they're going to go defense, which again, I do not want them to do. Um, I can be sold on Dan Quinn. The idea, uh, uh, you know, that he was the one who made Kyle Shanahan his offensive coordinator, like that type of stuff um, excites me. Um, so, you know, again, I could be sold on it. But here's the thing. you bring, Let's say you bring in uh, an offensive coordinator and you draft the quarterback and things are moving in the right direction. And, and that offensive coordinator, that young up-and-comer that you got, does a fantastic job in your in the rookie season of your new quarterback and your offense is all the way, all of a sudden back on track. You know, what's going to happen to that offensive coordinator. Boop. Gone. He gone. He gone. He's hired <laughs> away. He's someone else's head coach now. And that's why I think it's so important in this day and age in the NFL to have an offensive minded head coach to pair with your quarterback, because the combination of those two guys is what's going to win you football games. And the only chance you can guarantee yourself to keep that, that group together is for, the coach, the offensive coach to be your head coach and him to be paired with that quarterback. So I think 
that's really valuable in today's uh, today's NFL. And there's a reason why most NFL teams remember the whole idea uh, when, when John Elway hired Vic Dangio is John Elway is zagging while the rest of the NFL is zigging. Well, the ones that zigged uh, most or more of them are in a better position now. Exactly. And so I, I just want to throw out a few more names because we, we've talked, don't really want to go defense. And really the only defensive guy we've talked about is Dan Quinn. Another one that's gaining so much steam this morning is Gerard Mayo, the inside linebackers coach for the Patriots. He is only 35 years old. And you look at some of the guys that have had success that zigged, or that zagged, that zigged, that went the opposite direction. I don't even remember which one. Brian which. Flores. <laughs> exactly. Brian Flores went down there and look at what the Miami Dolphins did this year. Completely flipped it around. Uh, he right now is viewed as a successful head coach. Now, obviously, I think it's still out on him right now. But Gerard Mayo is a guy that's picking up so much steam. That could be a guy that the Broncos absolutely interview. And Ryan, a name popped up when you said you wanted to look at guys uh, who who have had success grooming a quarterback. For They were there when they evaluated them, and they were there through when they had success. How about Brian Callahan out there in Cincinnati? He's been the offensive coordinator uh, since 2019 with Zach Taylor, and he was in the process of evaluating Joe, or, or yes, um, uh, Joe Burrow. He was there when they drafted him, and he has been there as he's evaluated. Now, it's a little more difficult to evaluate because he's not the play caller. Zach right. Taylor's really the offensive guy, but still, that's not a guy you can you can discount because he has been there through that entire process. He's young, only 37 years old, so that's another guy to keep an eye on. And if you really want to go deep, you can look at Mike Kafka. The, the passing game coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, a lot of people are saying, why haven't you guys mentioned Eric Bieniemy's name? I just don't think that Bieniemy will be a realistic option here in Denver, uh, just with his ties to Colorado. Ryan, I mean, I think if, if he would have been, you probably would have talked about him uh, more by now already. But Mike Kafka is a guy that if – maybe he's who you view as your offensive coordinator – if you go Dan Quinn, right? Like I said, the passing game coordinator for the Chiefs has been in that system. Uh, and it's certainly hard to give him credit for for anything regarding Patrick Mahomes because of how many steps he was behind. But he has been with the organization since 2017. So kind of a, a guy to probably keep your eye on more so if the Broncos need an offensive coordinator. It's funny. With Brian Callahan, I think he's he's somebody who actually worked with the Broncos in the Peyton Manning years as an offensive assistant and also was Jim Caldwell's quarterback's coach for two years in Detroit. He doesn't have the play-calling responsibilities in Cincinnati, like you mentioned. I think I wouldn't mind seeing Callahan as a play-caller under Jim Caldwell. Mm. I think that's the kind of arrangement that would make sense. Or if you just wanted to go ahead and go for the young head coach, is it possible that Callahan could bring in Caldwell as kind of his assistant head coach, right-hand, sounding board with experience, somebody to kind of lean on and learn from the ups and downs that, that Jim Caldwell has had as a head coach. Right, really, right. Really and, interesting. Yeah. That one, probably a more realistic pairing since Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator. Now, you could convince Zach Taylor to let him go be your offensive coordinator because you're giving him play calling duties, but that's not something that, that, that I would bank on. You know what? And here's the thing. I keep saying Peyton Manning when talking about Caldwell and Callahan. I really 
think that the Broncos should think long and hard about going about finding ways to kind of connect to that successful era. I'm not saying bring in Adam Gase, but I'm just saying to connect mm-hmm. to the one era that has worked. I pointed out last night, guys, since 2006, the only times the Broncos have had winning records in AFC West play were those four Peyton Manning years. Peyton is all that separates this franchise from generational irrelevance. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you make a great point. And I think there's a decent chance that Peyton's going to be very involved with the organization uh, here here soon. Not to get everyone's hopes up too much, but I think that, that that's an actual possibility, not just a fan pipe dream uh, with Peyton not being the head coach, but being part of an ownership group uh, that comes in. I saw some people suggesting him as the head coach. Everyone in the NFL would, would do that if Peyton wanted. <laughs> to, to, obviously, the Broncos would have the inside track, but he's not going to be a head coach anywhere. Uh, a couple of just like housekeeping notes, because I keep seeing people talk about this, which I don't really understand why. Um, yes, Pat Shermer has also been fired by the Broncos. And yes, Tom McMahon has also been fired by the Broncos. Um, so but That appears to be it right now. In fact, uh, Mike Kliss reached out to Ed Donatel, and Donatel has said he wants to, he wants to stay and continue that. And then again, if you hire an offensive-minded head coach, I think it would make a lot of sense for that offensive head coach to keep this defensive staff intact. Man, I just hope Donatel, you know, on his own will be a little more aggressive in late-game situations because, you know, that bend-o-break defense is really great until you don't have enough time to bend. And then you bend and you break the game away. When it comes to this next Broncos coaching staff, uh, the the Broncos are allowing assistance. Typically, they, they allow uh, assistance to search for other opportunities. And then when the new head coach is hired, guys that are still under contract, they will talk to and potentially bring back. I don't want any commitments right now from this organization to any of the head coaches on the staff, maybe outside of Mike Munchak, uh, that that say we're going to keep you regardless of the next head coach. I want the next head coach, just like George Payton, has the full authority to hire his head coach. I want the next head coach to have full authority to put together his staff. And we have seen a couple of times where a coach is brought in and he's stuck with the defensive coordinator or he's stuck with a special teams coordinator. I do not want to see that. If that guy comes in and says, I want Ed Donatel, he would be my choice on the open market, then you keep him. But you allow him to put together his staff. Let him succeed or fail by the guys he hires. Don't don't do this. Rich Scangarello forced on Vic Fangio, and then after a year, Vic Fangio finally gets his guy. No. Yep, completely agree. All right, we are going to get to super chats here in the third segment. So if you have any questions, send that in the super chat. Helps us sift through everything um, and, and makes it easier for us to see what you have to say. So send in a super chat. If you want your questions right now, before we do that, got to tell you about our friends over at Sexy Pizza. A nice little relaxing uh, football Sunday here, boys, uh, for most people. Um, of course, we're you know now in the middle of a coaching search, which will be fun for us. Uh, but perfect day to order some Sexy Pizza to the house. 13 years in the Denver community. Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. Hand-tossed, deck oven pizza made from scratch each morning dough. This stuff is really, really good. I love their green chili pizza, uh, so you can check that out. Um, But all of their pizza, really, really high-quality stuff. Um, And, and again, it's a true Denver company, which is, of course, important to us as well. Um, So check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza today. 
And today, use the code SEXYDNVR for 20% off your pizza over at Sexy Pizza. That is from now oh. until Wednesday, and we got tons of great football. Until then, also check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because after you eat pizza, you want to make sure you take care of those teeth. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental have not only supported us for a long time, but they are fantastic at what they do. They're the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So not only are they, they going to take care of your teeth, not only are they, they going to treat you right, but they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth when you are not visiting them. You're going to go to the dentist anyway, so make sure to check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Also, shout out to our friends over at Saturday Neon. If you're wondering what Saturday Neon is, it's a company that designs and manufactures officially licensed college logo LED neon signs. It's a company started by two CU Buff alums, former college roommates, but you know what? They also make a really wonderful pop and sign for C for CSU. I mean, sorry, RK, but the CSU logo on a Saturday neon sign is breathtaking. We have it over the DNVR bar. It's as long as you don't say it's better, that's all I care about. I didn't say better. I just said it no. looks. It, it, I'll it, allow it. I'll allow it, it. It accentuates the ram horns and the ram facial features. It does look nice. V- very well. It's what? better. See, yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, Zach. So, <laughs> Definitely I'm, not better. I'm, I'm trying to thread the needle between here, between Rams fans and Buffs fans. But they've got more than just the CU Buffs and the CSU Rams. They've got other signs for other colleges. And they're continuing to add more and more from the Power Five conferences and beyond as quickly as possible. There's nothing else like a Saturday neon sign on the market. You Compare these to glass neon signs. They can capture much more detail. They are much truer to the university's actual art, which I think is evidenced on the CSU RAM sign. Plus, there's no superfluous tubing and framing that glass neon signs require. And guess what? You can get 10% off right now by using the code DNVR. That's that's DNVR for a 10% off discount on something that is the ultimate gift with a huge college fan in your life, or just you want something that will take your basement, your rec room, your home office to the next level to salute the college that you love. Well, a Saturday neon sign is the best way to do that. Your basement, your rec room, your office, whatever, it's going to pop with one of these Saturday neon signs. So check it out and use the code DNVR for 10% off a sign from our friends over at Saturday Neon. All right, guys, let's uh, get to some of these questions from our awesome listeners here. Again, thank you to the massive amount of viewers uh, that we have this morning. Really appreciate you guys riding along with us. And, and, you know, hit us with a little thumbs up on YouTube. We'd really appreciate that. Um, But let's get to some of these super chats here. And the first one comes in from Erwin, who says, Finally, my Broncos do the right thing. Best news all year long. I trust George will pick the right guys at head coach. Uh, offensive coordinator, quarterback, and defensive coordinator and special teams to lead this team. I'm glad this happens quick, and now we can turn the page for a bright future. And, guys, I will say this uh, in terms of this happening quick. The Broncos have, I guess, a little bit of a head start here, and we talked a lot about, you know, how much of a head start they could have gotten. They could have gotten a two-week head start on many of these NFL teams had they just, I don't know, had the balls to do this two weeks ago. Um, But they didn't. Fortunately, the only team they're behind is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so um, because of that, you know, they're, I don't feel like they're behind in the cycle. Um, and we'll see how long this cycle really lasts 
just because of, you know, all the rules with playoff teams and you got to wait and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but I, I guess they, you know, they, they did do this um, one day earlier than a lot of teams are going to. So I guess they get a slight head start on that. And following yeah. NFL old school protocol, they did it before the games kicked off. There's sort of an old school mentality that you're not supposed to dismiss coaches while NFL games are going on. Of course, we've seen the Broncos have not necessarily followed that. But George Payton, in some ways, he's kind of a protect the shield traditionalist. And by having it announced this morning, that's one more example of that. And the 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 Broncos did mess up. Uh, Ryan, I agree. They should have made this move two weeks ago. They should have made it last week. But thankfully, every other team in the NFL messed up as well, except the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you see, you see Dan Quinn come out and say, "I'm not interviewing with with the Jags." And I imagine that's going to be every team until maybe his team gets a bite, until his team is out of the playoffs. So that may put this on hold a little bit. But in terms of Dan Quinn, who I think is a front runner right now, uh, he has not been willing to interview. So actually didn't really hurt the Broncos that much. And j- just to give you guys an idea of how this went down, Vic Fangio met with Joe Ellis and, and George Payton this morning at 7 a.m. and was told that, that they were going to go in another direction. Then Vic met with John Elway, who, of course, John hired him. They have a very good relationship. Uh, and then Vic was able to address his coaching staff. And then after all of that, the news broke, and we are seeing a different George or a different Broncos organization under George Payton. George wants to play and keep everything really tight to the vest. He wants the Broncos to release information, and he wants information released on his own terms. Uh, and that's exactly what happened here. Now, Ian Rappaport was the first to break it, but then it was out very quick from, from everyone else. And that just shows that maybe this coaching search will look different than ones we've seen in the past, where we're not finding out information until the Broncos themselves uh, get, give that information out. Interesting. All right, let's move on to the next Super Chat here. From Max, most of Denver media is tying Doug Peterson to the job. Mike List listed him as number one on his list of names. How likely is he as an option? Yeah, I also saw Mike List saying something today about how uh, Pat, like, talking about how drops doomed Pat Shermer. I thought that was very weird. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe Jerry Judy's, some of his drops as a rookie, but no, no. That, that was a weird so. connection to make, I thought. Uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> well, well, you practice uh, incompletion, so. Right. How likely uh, is Thank is goodness Doug- that era is over. Thank <laughs> goodness. I mean, just the condescending tone that Pat Shermer talked to us. Uh, this highlighted back quote. Well, we were trying to practice incompletions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, how likely is Doug Peterson an, as an option? Uh, Man, I would love Doug Peterson as the head coach, and I think he's a really great option. But like we mentioned earlier, boys, I just don't know why he would come to Denver, and that's not a knock on the Broncos or the organization. It's a knock on the Broncos' quarterback room, um, which essentially is non-existent um, after this year. Now, Drew might be back, um, and, and and I would I would probably make the case for him to be back. But – Drew Locke is not um, a someone that a Doug Peterson is going to look at and say, that's a guy I got to go coach when people like Trevor Lawrence are options in this, in this conversation too. Um, I think Doug Peterson is going to go to a place where a quarterback 
is already there and he can say i can t- i can take this ball of clay and i already know what it is it's a known commodity i don't have to wait around but the other case to be made could be hey he wants to go get his own guy that he scouts that he sees at the combine that he sees at the senior bowl and he points to that guy and says that's my guy george payton go get him and i'll go get you wins i'll go get you a super bowl ring like i did for philadelphia Exactly. That is the case for for Doug Peterson to be here is saying you get to choose your guy. And hey, if the right things fall into place today, the Broncos will have a top 10 pick to either trade for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Some people may even say Kirk Cousins, or they will have that to use to go get a quarterback in the draft. And there are some things there, there are some things to be cheering for on the field today, guys. Yes, there are. Do you want to go through that really quick? Yeah, let me uh, let let me pull it up right here. Uh, and uh, the Broncos. Well, let let me get to that in a second, Ryan. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right, what's our next uh, super chat? Okay, um, from Seth Stewart. Just wanted to say thank you, my boys. Really appreciate all the work you and the crew have put into bringing us Broncos info and perspective. Cheers. Uh, thank you for that. And again, thank you uh, to everyone who's rode along with us this season. Hopefully uh, to all of you who might be riding along with us this off season. You know, it was great uh, reading some of the Madden chat last night. And they were all talking about, you know, how the the off season pods are some of the best pods. They're so fun. Uh, And I actually really agree. I was like sitting there reading that being like, oh, I'm actually really excited for the off season. We do have we have a lot of fun in the off season. There's no games to kill our vibe. What's crazy is it does not feel like the off season. It feels like the middle of the season. If we've ever had one right now, it's because we're, we're in the middle of the most important season for the Broncos. And that is finding a head coach, finding a quarterback and then finding an owner. You you can't get any bigger than that. Is it? I mean, this is more important than any season, at least since Super Bowl 50, this off season is more important than any season since then. Easily. I mean, th- th- there's a very legitimate yeah. case to be made that this is the most, and, and not to not to be crazy and and hyperbolic here, but this is the most important off season of that the Denver Broncos will ever have. And yeah. when you look at those three things, that is why. Yeah, I think the only ones that compare are like the off season where they drafted John Elway, uh, the off season when Pat Bowen bought the team, the off season when Edgar Kaiser bought the team and fired Red Miller and hired Dan Reeves. I mean. It's a short list, but I think this one's going to top it. Yeah, there's so much in the air. And like, you know, I said this last night because um, someone asked me, like, do you guys ever have trouble coming up with content in the offseason? I was like, no, we, we've never once had an issue with that. And this will be the easiest offseason we've ever had in, the, in terms of that. Um, so, again, appreciate you guys for, for riding along with us. And hopefully like, there's some new of you who will be riding along with us. A reminder that in most days we will be live from the studio much cleaner sound, you know, no, no uh, technical difficulties or lag in our discussion. So uh, that's always better, too, just in case this is your first time watching the show. All right. Uh, I think we have one more. And it's just a super sticker of looks like a fox holding a paintbrush. Uh, that's all I can pick up. John Fox was a defensive artist. That's what, uh, that's what that's it was. Saying. Oh, is there one more wow. that pops up now? Th- and this one's I think from we do have a... Uh... Yep. It's from Dart Swartz. Uh, QB and head coach doesn't matter unless we get a 21st century OC. 
Uh, I can't wait to see Pat get his pink slip. Well, there you go. Um, he, he got it. He's out of here. Um, and yeah, I mean the, the quarterback, well, I wouldn't say the quarterback and head coach don't matter unless you get an offensive coordinator, because there's a very good chance that your head coach will be your offensive coordinator. Um, and that will matter the most, uh, to your offense. And that's just why, why I want to go offense as the, the number one head coach job is because you know what you're getting there and your, your pool is much bigger. Again, you can't hire a current offensive coordinator to be your offensive coordinator. So if you are hiring, let's say you hire Dan Quinn and you need an offensive coordinator, you are only hiring from the levels below that, or you could hire someone that was fired or you could hire someone that's retired and bring them back. Of course. But then if you're hiring your offensive coordinator as your head coach, then you can hire any offensive coordinator out there. And it should be, and of course this isn't the case, but it should be that the higher people are up in an organization, the better they are. So I mean, the offensive coordinators are the top offensive guys in their building as long as they don't have an offensive head coach. So that's just why I'm leaning. Let's go offense for this head coach. We've done the defense. We've been down that route uh, and it just hasn't worked. So let's get the best candidate and the way to get the best candidate is by opening that up to the head coach position. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you're completely right, Zach. I remember all the way back to the Vance Joseph coaching cycle when I was pounding the table for offense, and then once again in the last coaching cycle. So maybe this is the time um, I finally get my wish. I think it was Zach Taylor. Like, that, you know, that that's where we were at. Now we're looking at Zach Taylor's offensive coordinator. So um, yep. that means, that means Zach he did. spelled the right way. Yes, that means he did it right. Um, okay, and I think we have a couple more, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, from Dre and Slick Gaming, Drew and Teddy are done. New QB room, offensive tackle, deep threat, wide receiver. We are so close. Go Broncos. Um, I don't think they need a deep threat, wide receiver. But other than that, um, new quarterback room, at least probably one offensive tackle. Maybe you do bring back Bobby Massey. I wouldn't be against that at all. Um, and obviously the quarterback. I mean, that's to me, it's like, just get the quarterback, and, and the rest will start to fall into place after that. Poor Bobby Massey yesterday, by the way, slipping uh. on some uh, some remaining ice from the storms we've had this week and uh, and being concussed and being unable to play. But he, you know, he had a really good season when he was out there. Of course, dealt with some injuries, and that's part and parcel at this point what you expect for a veteran even before the concussion. But very a very good player when he was out there. And uh, if you can't go offensive tackle round one, I think, Massey's a really nice value guy to keep around while you maybe develop your right tackle in the future with a day two pick. Well, especially if you're trading a day one, day two, maybe two day two picks to go get a quarterback, you're going to have to go with the veteran guy and you probably want to go the cheap veteran route and that would be Bobby Massey. So it makes a ton of sense. And Dre and Slick Gaming comes in again just to show Ryan how much he wants a deep threat wide receiver. It says defensive coach means free agent quarterback likely. So round one, Jameson Williams from Bama. I see, I see what Dre's what what, what Dre is doing. He he's a uh, he's an Alabama guy, and I'm all about that. Roll tide, but the Broncos are set at wide receiver right now. If they pick a wide receiver, guys, I mean, <laughs> at this point, you're saying the Broncos are like the Matt Millen era Lions. I was going to say this. Let's just thing. pick receivers in the first round every year. Forget about the rest of the roster. Uh, who's the next receiver? I mean, yeah, they did get a Hall of Famer out of it, Calvin Johnson. They also had a bunch of busts, too. Uh, I, was gonna, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos didn't even draft a single receiver with any of their picks next year, um, let That'd alone in the first fine. round. 
Yeah. Unless um, it's a returner, like a day three guy who's a return specialist. That's the yeah, only thing I, I could see. Yeah, Deontay right. Spencer's uh, career with the Broncos pretty much officially ended yesterday as he was inactive. He was, yes. He was on the sidelines wearing some interesting sunglasses, um, even when it was dark out. Um, let's go to the next one here from Sam wow. and B. Sue. I think that I think that's a hundred pesos. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, that's so awesome. We got pesos coming in, euros coming in, or is that pounds? We had pa- we had a pound. pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so now we need euros to uh, scratched off the list. But thank you. So cool seeing everyone come in from all the different places in the world today. Um, Sam Bisu says, "Thank you guys for the job that you do. This is the best sports community in the world. I would be glued to your content." All off-season long. If you're not a DNVR subscriber, you should do it today. Uh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Thank you so much, Samuel, for all the support that you've had for with us for so long. We really appreciate you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in live. And, Ryan, I have a list of what the Broncos should be cheering for today. Right now, like we talked about, they are the 11th pick in the draft and they did what they needed to do yesterday to get a top 10 pick. They had to lose. So now that that painful part's out of the way, the Broncos need the Bears to beat the Vikings. The 6 and 10 Bears against the 7 and 9 Vikings, that can happen, guys. The Bears, that game is at 11 1 hour or no, 18 minutes from now. So go Bears. Also at the 11 a.m. hour, you have the football team playing the Giants. You want the football team to win. They should absolutely win. If the football team wins, boom, you're up a draft spot right there. And then you want the Falcons at home to beat the Saints. It's a 7-9 and nine Falcons going up against the 8-8 eight eight Saints. That can happen. And then finally, in the afternoon hour, you want the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals. That may be the trickiest one, but hey, Russell Wilson, didn't he drop 50 points last week? So he could do that as well. And for every one of those teams that wins, the Broncos move up a draft spot. If all four of those teams win, Broncos have a top seven pick. Yeah, and honestly, it doesn't feel all that crazy. Now, uh, no. what's, what's great here is you just need one to get into the top 10. Um, I really do believe there is a psychological switch that turns when you talk about a top 10 pick. If you're if you are trying to trade that for a quarterback, you know, like that that just sounds better to a fan base when you say, "Hey, we acquired a top 10 pick when we traded Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson." Uh, well, you know, we're going to be able to do something really special with this pick. Um, that it, it it matters. So we just need one of those things to happen. You could talk about the Broncos having a top 10 pick, but man, 9, 8 Seven, it doesn't seem that far out of the question. Yeah, the, the most realistic one, though, I think, is Washington beating the Giants. So just hope that uh, the, the, the football team continues to have the kind of professional efforts that we've seen more often than not under Ron Rivera, and they get the job done against the Giants team that looks like it's just trying to get to Cabo as soon as possible. All right, I believe we got a little buzzer beater super chat here uh, from Luis Haro, who just says, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore. <laughs> yep. I'm still in on Kellen Moore. Mace convinced me um, when he told the story about how it's not necessarily that big of a deal that um, Vic Fangio smacked Kellen Moore around this year. Exactly. Like I said, if he'd had that same logic in 1981, he never would have hired Dan Reeves. Yep. Because and the sure Broncos still- smacked him around in week two of 1980. There you go. Uh, not not exactly that Dan Reeves was the perfect hire, um, but he was the right guy though. As he it was turned exactly. out. 
I yep. mean, really, I'm for sure. the most part, you just wish it would have gone better down the line with John Elway that that relationship wouldn't have fractured. But he was the right guy for most of those 12 years on the job. Man, and I that bet that be. would put <laughs> that would put a smile on Vic Fangio's face if he ends up in Las Vegas and Kellen Moore is here. Well, hopefully it eventually puts a frown on his face. If that exactly. Happens. <laughs> um, but I'm sure he would be licking his chops. Um, all right. You know, the last thing I was going to do here is, is we, as we were doing this show, I was thinking to myself, man, last time there was a coaching cycle, I, pre- I correctly proje- uh, predicted Vic Fangio to be the head coach on the first day. And then I was thinking to myself, how did I do that? And then I remembered it's because we did the podcast after we heard from John Elway and I pieced together what he said he wanted in the coach and said, that sounds like Vic Fangio to me. So no prediction right now. Uh, I want to hear from, from George Payton first. Then once we have a little information from him, we'll of course be on the show tomorrow. We can put down our, uh, some predictions. How does that sound guys? That sounds great. It makes it easy to have a topic that brings people in, right? Exactly. Our, our exactly. predictions for who the next Broncos head coach will be. Simple as that. Yes. Stretch tune it in out. To, tune in tomorrow for that. Obviously, uh, just in an hour or so, we will hear uh, from George Payton. And that'll be really interesting to hear what he has to say about why they moved on from Vic and what he's looking for in the next head coach. And, and I think he will answer that question. Some some guy, you know, John was very uh, forthcoming when it came. It won't be maybe quite as descriptive. I remember John saying, I want someone who's elite on one side of the ball. Um, And maybe we won't get something that descriptive, but I think we will get a little hint as to where he's leaning when we hear from George Payton in just a little bit. Again, thank you to all of you who tuned in from all over the world today, everyone who sent in super chats, everyone who hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate it deeply. And you can uh, always subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss anything. Um, in the coming days as we cover this coaching search, in my opinion, better than anyone else will. Uh, Top to bottom, we'll have you covered, written, live shows, uh, tweets, whatever it is you're looking for, we got you covered. Uh, So stay tuned with us throughout this entire coaching search, and uh, and let's, uh, let's usher in a new era of Denver Broncos football. That is going to wrap it up for us right now. We will talk to you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.
with you, baby. 